Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby. And it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey there, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Steven Glicker. And in this week's show, we have a special show. We have a guest. We have John Compton, the organized play lead developer from Paizo. He's going to be joining us. We're going to be interviewing him for about half an hour. And then he is going to play with us. And he's going to join the boys as they continue to search the Acheron and see what's left. And John is going to do some crazy shenanigans. You got to listen to this show. It gets nutty. So I'm not going to talk too much. I just want to talk a little bit about this week's show. As I said before, the first half is us interviewing John and just talking about what he does at Paizo. And the second half is us actually playing with John, participating. And John is so good. I wish he could play with us every week. He is nuts. And I have to emphasize that everything you hear on this podcast, none of it was rehearsed. None of it was talked about ahead of time. It was all organic. And the result is insane. There is a two-part of this episode. The next part will obviously be next week. And in addition, we're going to be giving out a skidamander or two, or who knows, boons from Paizo. There's some instructions. Listen to the entire show and you'll find out the instructions of how you can apply to get your skidamander boon. Finally, I just want to mention that because of this, I decided to start some play-by-post Starfinder Society games on the Roll for Combat Discord channel. What that means is we're going to be playing Starfinder Society on our Discord using posting. It's basically, instead of you doing it live around a table or over the internet, you do it on a bulletin board, or in this case, Discord. A lot of people have signed up already. We're going to start in a few weeks. But I am looking for some more GMs, because right now it's just me and one other person, and we have more players than we have GMs. So if you want to be a GM and help out, Please contact me. I'll give you all the tools you need. I'll explain how it's going to work. The nice thing about playing play by post is that it only takes about a month, which is really nice. So you can keep playing a little bit at a time and then mix it up. I actually find it really fun and sort of a nice little distraction from playing live as well as it gives you something to look forward to every single day. Anyhow, with that, let's get right into the show. Enjoy. So we're back, and this week we have a special guest joining us. We have John Compton, the organized play lead developer from Paizo. He's going to do a little interview, answer some questions about what he's doing at Paizo, what the future of Starfinder and Pathfinder is, and then maybe we can convince him to play a character or two and kill off, I mean, antagonize the role for combat crew. So with that, how are you doing, John? Thanks for joining us. Doing pretty well, and I'm glad I have the chance to kill off one of the characters. I, I was promised blood, 
Oh yeah, don't worry. These guys, they're all wounded and in really bad shape. Rusty is diseased, Moe is diseased, Cheddar's been killed again. So you have your pick. You can kill Tuttle or Hiroji. Hiroji has, he loves fire. That's sort of been his theme throughout this campaign, is he likes to get set on fire. So He if also you likes to be shot. Now, I don't want to limit him just to being on fire. That's true. So your options are either set him on fire or shoot him. Or both, <laughs> if, prefer- if, if possible. I'm not diseased and I'm not currently injured. That's true. So, John, the first thing I wanted to ask you is, what is the Organized Play lead developer? What do they do? What is your role? So, Paizo has, at this point, three different Organized Play programs. We have Pathfinder Society Role-Playing Guild. We have Starfinder Society Role-Playing Guild. And we have the Pathfinder Adventure Card Guild. So, all of the Organized Play programs are a way for uh, people to play in public places, typically, with characters that they can level up over time playing uh, pre-written adventures. And they can take those characters and those record sheets, which we call Chronicle Sheets, and take them to anybody else's organized play program or, uh, sorry, their organized play table, uh, or even go to conventions and just play with completely unknown people. But all of them are playing within the same same campaigns. They can just sit down and go. Uh, So as the organized play lead developer, I oversee uh, a lot of the creative direction for all those campaigns. And I also help to coordinate the development of all those scenarios um so at this point we have uh, an entire season of uh the adventure card guild going we have two scenarios a month for pathfinder society and one scenario per month for starfinder society which ends up being a lot of words per month so um when it comes to quality assurance and deciding what our long-term plots are that's my job so yeah i wanted to mention that because you have them broken out, at least for... So for Pathfinder, it's been going on for nine seasons, not including season zero. And for, obviously, Starfinder, we're only in season one. So, like, what are these seasons? Because, like, there's a season and a theme for each year, and it's broken up by Gen Con. Is that correct? Yeah, so we have traditionally launched a new season every Gen Con. So a season runs uh, for one year. And each of our seasons has some form of meta plot. Um, season five, for example, Year of the Demon was, we went to a place called the World Wound, which is full of demons, and we basically punched a bunch of fiends in the throat. Um, we've had Year of the Serpent, season seven, which is where we fought against the Aspis Consortium uh, and got into basically a long-term turf war with them. And the current one that we have is called the Year of Factions Favor. We have these sort of secondary organizations that you can join as part of the organized play program. Uh, called Factions. And for these ones, we're really trying to show what all of their uh, efforts over the past nine years have been leading up to. So there's a lot of really good resolution stories that have been happening. And what is the one for um, Starfinder right now? Right now, Starfinder is uh, going through the Year of Scoured Stars. Um, We've basically set up that... Well, one of the things that we wanted to make sure is that it made sense for there to be all of these first and second level characters starting in the organized play program. It's like, where are all the 11th level characters? Where's my 15th level character? Um, We don't have that continuity yet for the Starfinder Society. Uh, So what we did is we made this event called the Scoured Stars. Basically, the leader of the uh, Starfinder Society, before this uh, campaign started, led this massive expedition to a trinary star system called the Scoured Stars. And when they went over there, something really, really bad happened. It knocked out about 80% of the Starfinder Society. So a lot of the uh, characters who are starting in the organized play program 
are basically the new recruits as the Starfinder Society that's left is desperately trying to rebuild its strength and looking to figure out what even happened out of the Scoured Stars. And I know we actually went through a little bit of that with Thirsty on our very first show. And you're also kind of also exploring the Dead Suns on the side as well, the adventure path. Yeah, something that's important to keep in mind is that the Starfinder Society is it's a big organization. So what we show in our scenarios in the organized play program only represents a, a fraction of what's going on entirely. So in Dead Suns, you are... Uh, you can work with or you can join or what have you, the Starfinder Society, and be doing some of that plot line, which doesn't necessarily intersect with uh, the organized play program's uh, continuity and campaign, but they're all part of the same universe. So uh, they can both be happening simultaneously. And when you play a session in um, a society play, like how long, how big are these adventures? Like how long do they usually last for people who aren't familiar or haven't done this before? Uh, each of the scenarios has somewhere around three to five encounters and is intended to run about four hours. And you can run these from, was it four to six people or even less, I guess, but it's really designed for four to six, usually six. Is that correct? Yeah, you can do uh, you can do as few as three. You can do as many as seven, but really you should be going for four to six. Uh, if you have three, for example, the GM can run one of the pre-generated characters to fill out the table. Um if you're playing six or seven of them, then there are more creatures that you have to go up against to try and balance out the action economy at the table. Um, but personally, a sweet spot for me is usually about five people. So right now there's two scenarios that are released a month for Pathfinder and one scenario a month for Starfinder. And what about the the card game? I never played any of those. I didn't even know how those work, to be honest. Even I don't know. Uh, the idea with the card game is that uh, you have a small, it's kind of a personal deck building game rather than uh, like scrambling for resources from the box. You have a personal character deck that has your weapons, your armor, your spells, all of them as cards. And the deck also represents your hit points. So as you play these roughly one hour long scenarios, um, you gain the ability to slowly rebuild your deck, find ways to expand your deck, gain new powers that influence how you play these adventures. Um, so that's been really successful on its own. We started the uh, Adventure Card Guild at this point probably three and a half years ago or so. And the, the idea is the same, where uh, instead of playing a character within a set home group, you have a character that you can basically pick up and uh, move to any other box and play any of the scenarios um, as you like. But it's all done using uh, the character add-on decks that we've been selling. What is the real difference, would you say, between the Starfinder and the Pathfinder societies? I know that the card game is obviously very different because that's a different system. But the Pathfinder, the, you guys actually made a lot of improvements, like with the boons and just in general, like how Starfinder sort of flows compared to Pathfinder. Yeah, we, we had a lot to learn, uh, and we have learned a lot uh, in the course of creating Starfinder Society. Um, because all the people who are currently on the team are people who joined in Pathfinder Society partway through. So we had we have no had no role in how it was started, but we have adapted and evolved it over time. So uh, some of the things that we changed were that uh, we created these things called boon slots. Uh, basically, boons are things in the organized play program which are not material rewards. So it might be, oh, this guy owes you a favor, or you get to join this organization, or this guy's willing to follow you around, or 
what have you. You've been cursed by this thing. Here, it's a permanent boon. Um, so what we found with Pathfinder Society is that people, by the time they reach 10th level, could be sitting on like 50 of these boons, um, which became really hard to navigate because it was, okay, wait, do, do I have something for this? Let me spend several minutes flipping through my character binder to remember what I even have. Um, so what Starfinder Society does is they give you six different boon slots, each of them tied to a different theme. Like there's an ally boon slot, there's a starship boon slot. And uh, at the beginning of the session, after you've heard the mission briefing, you get to take from all of your boons, one for each of those slots and slot them in. That way, when the game starts, you have no more than six extra little things on the side to remember. Um, so a starship boon might be, oh, hey, did you have a gyro laser? Well, instead, we're giving you a coil gun. Um, or even for Starship, it could be, hey, were you going to ride around in, in your case, the hippocampus? Heck with that. Here, have this other cooler Starship. Um, ally ones can be, this person's following you around, so uh, you can call on uh, you can call on his aid once per session. That sort of thing. Okay, I'm going to have one more question, and then I'll open it up to everyone else, and then we'll skip playing. My other last question is more of a statement. It's just like, I've actually GM'd a lot. I always do the specials at Gen Con, which are just absolutely insane and require a lot of planning, and there's a lot of encounters in the specials. But the thing I like most about them is just that they're so different that you can be doing one that's in, I don't know, the plane of air, or you could be doing one that's all underwater, or you could be doing one that's all intrigue, and you could do one that's like a heist. And it's like there's always, you know, it's, it's just that you can jump all over the place with the same characters, play for a few sessions and then just leave and you can get a taste of lots and lots of different play styles when you're playing society like at least that's what i like the most about it yeah and one of the things that is really great about organized play is it's a great way to get to know who's in your community whether that's physically uh in your region or even online uh it's a great way to just try out new players and new gms uh for just four or five hours at a time so if it works out great Fantastic. You can start seating more tables with those people. If it doesn't, that's fine. Move on. Um, and you can pick up things that are going to improve your GMing or your play style. Or you can pick up a couple of negative lessons and say, you know what, that's the thing I want to avoid. Either way, it's a great way to get a taste of the community at large. And if you're looking to create a home game as well, it's a great way to recruit people. Oh, actually, I will mention one other thing. You can do these at home. Like, you can do these. There's people who do this online quite a bit. There's even now played by post, which is getting really popular, I see. You can do this, you know, with your own people. You can just do pickup games. You don't have to just do these at Gen Con or larger conventions. Absolutely. The way I got started was with two of my friends basically starting a a home game invitation-only version of Pathfinder Society, where we played a couple of those games before we then started organizing at one of our local stores. Cool. You guys have any questions for John? Um, yeah, I, was just, I have a question. This is uh, John. John Stats, I guess. Uh, hi there. Um, as far as like the Pathfinder uh, or Starfinder Society, is is that kind of would you compare that to like uh, just like a sanctioned game that is the, is like the goal to like standardize a lot of the uh, uh, I guess equipment or the the balance of things, or is to standardize the type of play that people experience? Uh, there are a couple of different considerations. Uh, there's definitely some standardization of the rules and also the expected power level of the PCs. For example, uh, wealth is pretty tightly controlled. So uh, if 
if you play one of these scenarios, you might get 800 credits. But at, in a home game, you might be able to say, hey, GM, I want to go to that Bank of Abadar core and kick it over and take another 2,000 credits. Um, that's not really an option in Starfinder society or organized play in general, because that has a chance of just putting your character at an undue advantage uh, at another table and just utterly wrecking things. Um, so we do try to keep control over that, uh, to keep a level playing field. Um, but, uh, and, then, and then there's also, there's a degree of adaptability that cannot quite fit for the same sort of reason. Like if we're supposed to do a thing about um, jumping onto a small starship and beating up the space pirates there, uh, a home game could, under the most uh, devious circumstances, turn that into like a, oh, and we also saved this small nation at the same time. And now they owe us, you know, a city. Uh, again, for the purpose of balance and making sure there's a level playing field and level expectations, that's not necessarily an option. But we do have a lot of uh, ways that the GM can express uh, a lot of adaptation to the player's tactics um, and reward creative solutions. Are there still any uh, things that you guys have to, like, I guess, balance out? Is there any rough spots that you have to say, hey, you know, we got to scale this back or, you know, or, or is it pretty much uh, all figured out now? Uh, by and large, it's it's pretty figured out. Uh our goal is to use the uh, use the rules that are printed as closely as possible. So for Pathfinder Society, for example, we have several things that are tough to use at a pickup table, like leadership is tough right. to use. Leadership uh, yeah. no, you can't yeah. use it. Uh, evil alignments are one of those things where it's like, why did you kill my character? Right. Well, it says I'm evil on this page. <laughs> oh. uh, we, we don't allow those. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, But otherwise, we try to use the rules as close to printed as possible making exceptions as rarely as we can do people want to try to like pull you in one direction like hey we want to play out here over in the weeds and you're like oh no don't do that is there is there, is there a lot of resistance in one aspect or something or are people pretty much cool with the way it is i think that they have gotten cooler with it over time because uh, they're they're certainly when somebody's new to it they're like oh but i can play evil properly like i've played evil before i won't be uh. a jerk about it mm. Um, and is then that what people pretty much is, want to do is like yeah. play evil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the community sort of steps in and says, okay, you might say that you want to do this, but please trust us after six, seven, eight, nine years, we have seen that that is yeah. not a good thing. It and, might know, not. Pa and Pathfinder <laughs> also has, I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Pathfinder also has, um, campaigns in, in, in non, um, organized play where you can actually play evil characters like that that is an option there are there are campaigns out there that we can do that so you know organized play you, you basically you don't want i don't think uh players killing other players so that's that's off the table completely well, i would imagine the main thing is you don't want chaos after a certain point there actually should be some organized play to the organized play yeah and uh and speaking of uh, other campaigns or other adventures that we produce, what we do with a lot of them, like our adventure paths, is we sanction them for organized play. So if you want to play it and get organized play credit, you can. For example, your group could, at the end of uh, Dead Suns Part 1, walk away with a chronicle sheet for it. And if you ever do want to play Starfinder Society, you could apply that chronicle sheet and already have some experience and credits for your character. Steve, nice. I want that. Get, get on that. Get on this. Yeah, how... So... Yeah, John. So one thing I wanted to ask, <laughs> I see that all the time and I I'm going to be honest, I don't quite understand how it works because 
so we're playing characters, but these characters are not built with society rules. They've been built with our own rules. So can they play and then use those, um, use the, not the boons, but well, the Well, they're chronicles? not built our own rules. They're built by the, the book rules. Right. Yeah. The, but, well, well, society has different rules. So in other words, the loot you get, you can only use society loot. So how does it work, John, exactly with Adventure Paths? Because that's all we play is Adventure Paths. Can they then assign these to other characters? Because like, they don't need to use these characters. Can I give them the Chronicles to their other, like their, their, their um, society characters? Yeah, there, there are two different ways to use sanctioned adventures. Uh, like like the adventure path um one of them is to play in what we call event mode event mode is basically you are you are taking starfinder society characters built using those uh campaign rules and you are playing it as though it were a scenario um and that's totally fine in which case the character that you play through it would get credit for it we also have something called campaign mode though and uh campaign mode is basically, hey, I want to run this as a home game. As long as we completed the entire volume, though, using whatever medium we see fit, then you can also assign a chronicle sheet. In this case, instead of assigning it to the same character that you played through it, though, you're assigning it to one of your Starfinder Society characters of that level. So for uh, Dead Sons uh, number one, you would assign it to any one of your Starfinder Society characters who is level one or two. Oh, my God. So all those past adventure paths on Pathfinder, I could basically be like a five-star GM at this point because we have <laughs> run hundreds and hundreds of sessions, and I've never used those uh, chronicles ever. Steve, you so, gotta get on, the, on that page. I know, yeah, I know. Now I feel like an idiot because that could have been worth so many stars. Yeah, yeah you'll at this how point, all of our attitude is. Steve, can you take care of that for all of us? Thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder why he doesn't have any time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you go to uh, paizo.com slash Pathfinder Society slash RPG slash additional, it's it basically you can also just click on the uh, Pathfinder Society button on the top left of our website. It'll take you to a page called the Additional Resources page. And that's where we have the Chronicle Sheet bundles for all of our currently sanctioned adventure paths. And I think at this point we've probably sanctioned about ten of the about ten of the uh, APs. Um, so if you play through all of those, you would have um, roughly six levels of experience that you could assign to uh, one of your Pathfinder Society characters. That'd be and me. the same thing will go for Starfinder Society. Oh my God! All right, well, I'm going to go through all those, and then I just want the stars because and and now the Novas, the Novas for Starfinder Society. So. I mean, we played the game, and um, might as well get some get something out of it. I mean, we're playing. We just, you know, play sanctioned adventure paths and modules. So, um, yeah, might as well get something. Yeah, out but of I mean, life. I mean, to be honest, like um, a lot of our characters are not going to uh, fit into the Pathfinder Society uh, rules. So. No, you can make yeah. a new That's society fine. character and just assign fit it into into their format. So it's no, no, like you can make a new character. Things. Yeah, yeah, you can make a new character, Chris, and then use that chronicle on the new character. So it doesn't have to be Mo or Rusty. It can be a brand new character, and then you get a chronicle sheet, and then assign it to that character. Nice, I like that. Yeah, well, I'll definitely do that. But we have to finish the whole adventure to get the Chronicle. Is that correct? So we have to finish all book one before I can assign the Chronicle sheet to them. That's right. Okay. Which which reminds well, me of my real question, John. I'm going to so kill Mo. So you tell me and no one else all the secrets of book two because I want to win. Oh, that's right. John wrote book two. So tell them nothing but lies, please. <laughs> <laughs> Be arc means we surrender. 
<laughs> okay, nothing but lies. All right, uh, one of the important things is that book two, uh, because I'm known for writing nothing but dungeon crawls, is nothing but combat. You'll basically walk from room to room <laughs> shooting everything, and talking is going to only get you into more trouble. Excellent. Okay. What, what I like about the lie of that is my character in this campaign has literally no other ability except diplomacy. He's useless in a fight. So, good. Yeah, and he's yeah. also an asshole. Let's not leave that out. He's an asshole. You know, he's an asshole. You just don't understand him. That's all. It's probably because you're just a goddamn alien. You just failed your diplomacy uh, role. Yeah. I'm a superior race by far. <laughs> I've got tentacles on my head. Yeah, that's that's not good. At least until they get burnt off. Yeah, see a doctor, get rid of it. So, or do a few more and then we'll start. But, uh, John, so obviously Starfinder was a massive, massive, massive success since you guys are up to your third printing and it seems to sell out as fast as possible. And it looks like, you know, people are devouring everything from Dead Sons to all. I see a lot of people running the Starfinder Society um, adventures like constantly online. So without telling us anything, because we probably can't, but like, are we going to maybe start getting more next year? Or is there plans to expand it for more than one a month? Or or there's nothing I know you could probably announce officially yet, but... Uh, there's nothing I can really announce at this time, but I can say that we've been talking about two per month since basically the beginning. Um, we recognize the uh, the amount of effort that it would take to spin up the organized play program, though, and wanted to make sure that we could get into a rhythm of being able to hit that one per month in addition to all of Pathfinder Society before we overcommitted and crashed the campaign. So uh, that's something that I really hope that we can get uh, going pretty soon, and I suspect that if we do announce it, we're going to hear from uh, Thirsty in an upcoming blog. Yes, I imagine Thirsty gets to double his work, which he'll be very happy with. Well, even if we get to that point, uh, we would be bringing in some extra help to uh, shoulder some of that load. No, that's not fair. You should give it all to Thirsty. I talk to him about that all the time, and he can't wait to work twice as hard. I mean, I love I love making Thurston Hillman cry, but I figure that I need to get tears in a slightly more honest way. Yeah, it doesn't count unless it's on film, so just remember that going forward. Actually, out of curiosity, who writes all these adventures? Because obviously... There's a lot. There's a lot of adventures. Now you're doing. If you know, if you do this twice a month, that's 48 adventures plus adventure paths plus occasional modules. That's a lot of adventures. Who, who, where do you get your writers from for these? Uh, so we get them from a variety of different places. Uh, some of them are ones that have worked on other product lines with Paizo. Some of them are people who have done third-party work. Uh, we have on and off again had an open call where people could submit. Uh, quests, which are basically about one-fifth the size of a scenario, um, as sort of like a writing sample. Um, at this point, probably four or five of uh, our recurring authors have come from that uh, open call uh, under my watch, and then we have at least another five who uh, came in through it before. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of uh, being being on the scene and being uh, part of the organized play program. So there are a couple of our really active GMs, for example, who have come on and uh, demonstrated that, oh yeah, they know how to write and put together uh, encounters, and we've given them a scenario just to test them out, and a couple of them have done really, really well. Um, Andrew Hoskins, for example, was, uh, is, or still is, one of our uh, five-star GMs in Pathfinder Society, and he was a venture captain for quite a while, uh, and then he tried the open call, and he did pretty well. We've given him several different scenarios, and there's even one of those multi-table interactive specials that he wrote. So, 
Um, we're always looking for new talents, and the society is one of the great ways to try them out. So how would they do do that, like if they wanted to get involved or pitch ideas to you guys or at least get the ball rolling if they were interested in that? Uh, there are a couple different ways. Uh, so we're hoping to uh, basically clear out our open call backlog and finish responding to uh, various applicants uh, in the near future and relaunch that program. Uh, when we do, the hope is that we will also have a Starfinder component to it, uh, since previously it has only been Pathfinder. Um, so there's going to be the open call. Uh, Third-party publishers are everywhere, and they are always looking for new writing talent. Uh, when we start hearing from somebody who says, I want to write for Pathfinder Society, I want to write for Starfinder Society, uh, oftentimes they'll say, and I've also done this thing for Raging Swan, I've done this thing for Rogue Genius Games, or Green Ronin, or what have you. And uh, that can be a way for us to say, oh, okay, good. You, you have worked on things, you know how this process works, and you uh, have somebody that I can contact and say, how did this person do? Um, even sometimes just being a standout individual on our message boards uh, can get you an occasional assignment because uh, we see you sure do know how to English. Uh, you are a an overall good person and <laughs> upbeat and positive and seem to know our setting. You want to try and write two pages? Let's see. Um, so there are tons of different ways. And, uh, and somebody who wants to get started in writing... Uh, is well advised to go to some of these conventions where we're going to be to get your name out there, put a face to the name, um, have a business card ready, that sort of thing. Um, because that way we can, we, we are going to meet like hundreds of people at these conventions, being able to say, oh, right, this card that I can write on and say, this was the person who said, I like Nidal and Eox. Um, okay, I remember who that is. I will reach out to that person. You guys have any other questions you want to ask John? Not at the moment. Not, not really. I just want no. to say that um, you know I, I was a long time uh, Dungeons and Dragons player from you know 1980 and uh, playing uh, you know 3.0 and then the much improved Pathfinder. I'm a huge fan. I love it all. I think it's outstanding. You guys are doing a great job now. Better than ever. Better than anything that's ever been done in the past. Um, I think it's really great idea to try out new players and your community um playing pathfinder society and starfinder society as a uh organized play it's a, it's really a great experience i have not done it that much myself uh, but i have i have it at early on when it first started um and it was great and it's great now and uh i really really condone um playing the game it's just outstanding in every way here here and, yeah and that's it Wow, you're number one fan, John. Yeah, very nice. It's good to have you guys playing, and good to have you sharing your games with other people. Woo-hoo. See, after that, I'm going to feel bad. I was just going to ask, with the whole community building, is there a way I can trade in my current friends and get some new ones through the Starfinder Society? Because the guys I play with now, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Bob, you know what? That's uh-huh. an option. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I think you're losing yourself in Rusty's character. Yeah, how do character. we get that to happen? How do we get that to happen? Airlock yeah. activated. <laughs> yeah, are you, Maybe are you losing yourself in Rusty, or is Rusty causing the true Bob to emerge? No, I think it is method acting. You're absolutely right. I mean, if you need new friends, uh, even on the uh, the Discord that we're currently on, there's an org play online for uh, Pathfinder Society and Starfinder Society where you can get into some uh, virtual tabletop games. There you go. Oh, very nice. There you go. So you go find your new friends. Bob will replace you with uh, John. And, Excellent. Uh, see you later. No. Nah. Eh, probably an upgrade for you all. 
Hey, that's not true. It's more of a side grade. Oh, that's <laughs> sweet. Uh, Rusty, I, I don't like your character much. I'm just saying. Oh. No, he's very nice. I know. He's good. He's good. I, I owe him money. Yeah, and that's part of why he's nice. You haven't paid up yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, John. So have you ever heard this? So Hiroji doesn't have the right weapons. So Rusty has been loaning his weapons out to Hiroji on a pay-to-own plan. Oh, and leasing. So- he even leases the bullets. bullets yeah, he does. He, he does. It's a lend-lease for him. I know. Well, I mean, it was, a, it, was a, it was unusual that we had a, a foe that was resistant to fire damage. And, of course, I'm using a laser. So I had to grab a uh, pistol off of uh, Rusty's belt and start plugging away. And he charged me for every bullet. He really did. Um, well, uh, of course. I mean, they are my bullets, and and you were very demanding about them, I have to say. I'm an honorable man. I'll pay. Excellent. Glad to hear. Uh, You only have two more bullets in that gun, if I haven't mentioned before. This I do know. And Mo is is happy to help him uh, find his wallet when it comes time to uh, (laughs) paying you. So, uh, (laughs) of course, I don't do that for free. I don't do that for free. A little short this week. I take a little off the top just to wet my beak, so. Well, anyhow, so last we left off, and feel free to interject whenever you want, John, is, um, yeah, you guys last killed everything. You're heavily diseased, some of you. You pretty much greyhawked the place from what you can see, and you access the computer. Now what? What are you guys going to do? You... Yeah, you, you guys are free. Oh, and, and Cheddar's dead. No, we have goblin uh, issues. Chris Beamer is playing the Lashunta operative, Hiroji. Yeah, uh, did total. we establish the, uh, the atmosphere? John Stats is playing the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinski. You yes. established atmosphere. You turn sure. on the lights. Yeah, atmosphere is right. on. Lights are on. Uh, the only thing left is the two goblins, and they are... They're in one of the staterooms, and they locked the doors, and they were happy to hear that it was all safe and that you killed the bad dogs. And one last question. Tuttle, did you back up the, the, the entire computer? Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. Yes. The entire oh, computer. The, infos. The, the, the thing in that ship that we're yes, at. We got, it, we got really good. We really got it good. I, bl- I believe I did after we had the little wrestling match with the computer. Jason McDonald is playing the Ahsoki mechanic Tuttle Blacktail and his drone Cheddar. Because I wasn't rolling very yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, we right? Oh yeah, we you did copy. Yes. Yeah, you copied the files onto yeah. your personal we, data. Pad. We just need to make sure the GM puts that in his inventory or makes note of that because that'll All right. uh, well, um, come into play. Roji is like, you know what? Um. I don't like goblins much, and you know what? We really gotta clean this ship out. We cannot let them run amok and like set the reactor uh, on on critical. So we've got to um, take an inventory of our grenades, and let's do that first. Yeah. If well, I have one fragmentation grenade, and Hiroki well, pulls out a, not, a fragmentation grenade and raises it, it on high into the air. No, he. I'm gonna waste it. No. I raised my grenade. I have one grenade. What do we have left? Yeah, these are uh, these, these are talking, talking. We have a rapport. We have a rapport with the goblins. I am mm. actually kind of agree with him there. It's you know I've had good 
I've had good dealings with goblins in the past. I think they're perfectly nice people, and I think that, you know, we should take care of them. Uh, yeah. Keep them on a short I feel leash, a little but... uncomfortable parlaying with someone who's, or like killing somebody who seems like they're open to negotiation. Well, I mean, we can negotiate to a point, and it's going to go nowhere. So let's move, like, I'm going to um, do three steps, like, in chess beyond that. Um, I want to crack open a little grenade-sized hole and start tossing them in. That's what I want to do. To where? Into the goblin room. No, we're, we've already talked to them. We've got, they got info we need. Okay, they, you know what we need to stuff. establish? They have we, stuff. Well, well, yeah. We well, cannot we, leave them... First of all, you are not the diplomacy person. You, oh, yes, you're, I am. You're uh, as bad no, as no, you're not. Uh, I've talked to them, and I've actually gotten a good diplomatic relations with them already. I think we should have a conversation. I'm pretty. <sighs> yeah, not as yeah, pretty we as we talked me. about diplomacy. That's... I just want you to know we can hear you. Oh, that's right. We've established so, our atmosphere. Uh, excellent. Then, okay, which one of us is prettier? Could you work hmm. that out for us? They actually aren't there yet. But with this, hearing the door, because you guys are in the hallway and it is a metallic ship and you're really not that far away and it's echoing throughout, one of them opens up one of the doors and peeks his head out and says... Ah, uh, the finger-faced dogs, they're dead, yes? Oh, yeah. There's, there's Rusty! Akeda dogs, yeah. Uh, yes, the dogs are all, every single one of them has been killed. The ship is perfectly safe now, don't you worry. Oh, good. At long last. You hear that, Dorsa? You hear that? They're dead. They're dead. All of them dead. All of them are dead? Yes, all of them. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, the, the rat person. He's, uh, he killed them, I think. That was you, right? Uh, I helped. It was kind of a team effort, but yes. Well, we killed them because we're all extraordinarily powerful, as I'm sure you can see. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very strong. Very strong. Much stronger than Murgo. Oh, oh, he's dead. He's very dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very stupid. Very dead. Who is this, who is this guy, Murgo? Ah, Murgo was once part of that trijunctorate, a triune. Yes, yes. Part of our three-person team. Now he's dead. Now triune is only like a diune or something. I don't even know how those words work. Bion? Is he the guy Trio. that's lying in the corridor? Oh, he's yeah, the triune. Oh, yeah. is unfortunately deceased, yes. Um, can you please leave the ship, uh, Machdel? Uh, I guess we could leave the ship. Um, well, don't now, we, get of to, course. we get to come with you, yeah? What do you guys specialize in? Oh, we're so glad you asked. You hear that, Torsa? We get to explain. Yes, I heard, Zerk, I heard. I am High Priest of the Trijunkrit Triune. I am Torsa. Very many magical ritual powers of great technology. And I, I am Zerk, chief techno-scavengeologist, and uh, a pilot, and a sophisticated engineer, and a pilot. You're not a pilot. I'm a pilot. I drove the ship very well. It flew through the space, and then we were in the air for... And then we weren't in the air anymore. We were in a building. Yeah, 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 stumbling out. All the people screaming. A sad day for first contact. I've had landings like that myself. I totally understand. That sounds like a perfectly good landing. You all walked away, right? Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. We could do it again. Good, good. Well, obviously, we would love to give you a ride. Now, we should set a few basic ground rules now that we're friends. Like, obviously, you know that this ship we're on right now and all of its contents belong to us. You know, we've actually been given the right to own it. Okay. 
Great. Now we do have your friend's body over here. I'm sorry. The 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 try of your own is Murgle. over here. Yeah, sure, Murgle. Yeah, well, he's dead now. Yeah, he's he's based. Very philosophical now. point of view. I respect. What that. Uh, what uh, state did you find this uh, ship in when you got here? What's how? What was the story behind you guys? I assume you guys rigged the uh, the door to explode. And I'm gonna wipe some of the soot off of my face. Uh, well, that's kind of a funny story. Uh, yes, yes. Heard We heard about the ship out here in the rock, and the ship on a rock, and we thought that would be a great time for us to get many resources, many wonderful things to build a new technology out of. Yeah, 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 like that. And so there was another ship, and we were on it, and it came down here, and they started exploring around, and we hopped off, and then they flew off, and they didn't even come back for us. So sad. Oh, very sad. sad. What was the name of that other ship? I don't think I heard. Oh, it was, well, it was the one made of metal. Uh, I don't not, think we ever glass, got. The, <laughs> no, okay. I don't think we ever got the name of it because it was. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody ever talked to the crew. Ah, did the crew actually know you were on the ship? Eh, they sometimes complained about blanging, banging, and clanging, but uh, we we also fixed some of their tail lights without them knowing. So it was a good trade. <laughs> Perfectly right, decent uh, trade. I reverse understand. Reverse gremlins. Hiroji is uh, slowly pulling out his last fragmentation grenade. No, no. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, yeah. There's no need Don't worry. Slowly pulling it out. He has no uh, skill. He has no proficiency uh, in fragmentation I have no proficiency in that, but I'm doing that. I'm doing it. Uh, look, and I understand. I'm... Oh, by the way, I think, uh, Dr. Tuttle, you had wanted to look in the room where they were, right? Just to make sure it was safe. Uh, it's an inspection, I think. Sure. Why was I the one going? <laughs> oh, as yeah. as our chief inspection. medical officer. Yeah, yeah of course. Safety inspection. Food taster. All right. Yes, I would like to take a look in the room if that's okay. <laughs> also, is it Dr. Tuttle or Dr. Blacktail? I'm really confused. That Tuttle's a first name. Dr. Tuttle, it you is. You do both with a doctor. Oh, man, you guys are diseased. Please don't say too near me. Yeah, you're, you're, you're sandwiched between uh, sicknesses oh, my. here. Oh, my Lord. What would happen if we were to bite him, Steve? Uh, bite if you, bought, if you bit him? If I bit Hiroji. Uh, wow, you could probably oh, spread. You could probably spread <laughs> nice. the void death. You can find out. What just if curious. I'm breathing yeah. on him like right now? I just spores. Yeah, that, that's not, I'm not happy about this. Uh, yeah, well, there you are. You're, you're, you're. It is a disease, and diseases do spread. I hope you yeah. guys have been washing yeah. your hands. I caught it because someone bit me. That's why I was. I mean, Reggie has never been accused of having a disease ever. Don't date, do you? Okay. No, no, but you are you are good barbecue Kindle though. Fire with my friend. All right, so the searching of the room. Yeah, Tuttle, get in there. Stop being a coward. Get in there. We'll wait out here. <laughs> coward. Why am I being maligned so much? <laughs> Besides, I, I, I am a little bit nervous now that I don't have cheddar anymore. I have you yeah. covered. I have a right. laser. Yeah, we got grenades. Don't worry. We'll cover you. We got grenades. We'll <laughs> I'm trying to push my problems. way past No these. problem. Grenades getting thrown in your direction to save you. Yeah. They're, push they're my allies. way past these little them. fellas and take a yeah. look inside. Hey, hey, your your name's Tuttle, right? Do they they always say such mean things to you because you're small? Uh, just just the semi-racist human. The others are fairly yeah. tolerable. Yeah, just just because he's. Wait, we have a racist human with us. <laughs> Humanist. Uh no, it must be thinking of someone else. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we we short people. We need to stick together. Okay. 
Yeah. All Speciesist. Right. Well, I'd imagine so. See, I mean, I've if got, enough of you I've get together, you add up to a real person. We can tell you're the smartest one here. See, I appreciate that. We got some enlightened. We got some enlightened goblins. God, I goblins slowly here. draw my laser pistol. Put your grenades and your pistols away, Hiroji. These guys are all right. See, they recognize my mental yeah. superiority, so they can't be all. Right. <laughs> hey, that's a pretty they nice can. gun. You want us to fix it up? <laughs> they failed their perception roll. We we can make it shoot better, stronger. Yeah, much stronger, Ooh. much stronger. Ah, uh... they can make it nice. Oh! Or apparently, if there's anything in the room, I don't see it. Oh, two. He rolls a two for perception. Gets a seven. Um, you do not manage to find anything with a seven perception. Since you rolled a two, uh, you can try I, again. I, I moved there. Archie's like, oh, you're, you're, you're going right up. You're going right up to the goblins. Yep. Yep. I'm like, hello. Podhuddle, you still you're still Roji, looking around. You play, you play nice with the other children. You can try again. Still don't find anything. There you go. So 15, you finally, you're searching the crew quarters. (laughs) 40 minutes of searching. You find underneath one of the bunks, you find a cred stick, and you find a dropped computer key card that seemed to be missed by the goblins. Well, that would have been useful. Slide a hand. Yeah, is it a computer key card for this computer that would have made that whole rigmarole last time a lot easier, or is it a computer key for something else? Or rigmarole. What do you think? I'm going to go with Murphy's Law. I'm going to go with (laughs) it would have opened up the computer that we spent seven hours screwing around with. Oh, but you know what? Your skills are outstanding. Yeah. did it, rat. It was was a night of cold dice. What are you going to do? No, no, we, we, we really worked it. As a team, That's do right. rat scientists actually climb inside the computer? It's no, never in mind. Don't the worry computer. about it. So the computer key card you realize has the words. It has enough, you know, like uh, items on that you can recognize. This is for the Acreon, and you're like, <laughs> oh god, maybe I'll hide this and not show this to the other uh, teammates. And you no, find Hiroji's right there. It's a problem. Oh, okay. And then he's like, oh, yeah, look, I found this Hiroji. And then also a cred stick. And you look at it real quick, and it has 500 credits on it. All right. Well, um, you know what? That's you and me. Let's, you know, we talk. That's all you find uh, that is left over. It looks like, again, this room was ransacked. And you could tell that the door was heavily barricaded. So that's why you couldn't open it. And they were forcing it closed, and that's why you couldn't even open it with the automated system once you restored power. But now that the coast is clear, and they might be running out of food, that they decided to come out and say hi to you guys. And, you know, they they trust you. They like you. They they smell technology. Mm. Well, well yeah. I mean, we are more or less done with this derelict ship. We must go back to our horribly named ship. And, uh... Hey, they might be able to fix uh, Cheddar. Do they Ooh, fix uh, that? Robots? Is a thought. No, no one else is working on my robot. That's oh. yeah. I mean, okay, let, let alone goblins. Upgrade, goblins. upgrade. Oh, random. I mean, I know, uh, I know. They they appreciate me. They're my oh. new friends, but the, I draw the line at letting anyone else muck around with cheddar. Roll that. Oh, we could give him like razors for a face and chainsaws <laughs> for shoulders, ooh, ooh, and lasers for wings. Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, I like that. How you is think a good idea. Roll that D100 now. Let's see it. 
That is awesome. Actually, yes. Um, you should let them take her with your monstrosity. What yeah. could possibly go wrong? We, we'll, we'll hold Tuttle back while you while you <laughs> experiment <laughs> on Cheddar. <laughs> we could put like uh, leather in Tuttle's uh, uh, teeth for him to bite down while you uh, tinker. Around I mean, Tuttle there. already ha- uh, Cheddar already has like big club. That's well, serious great, question: uh, Can they can can they assist? Can the engineer assist me in rebuilding and take some of the time off? Um, that'd be me, and I yes, the answer is yes. No, I meant the goblin engineer. Oh, yeah, that's like letting the nurse operate on you. It doesn't make sense. Let, 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 let's. Their engineering let the is, you know, from this, like their engineering is poor quality. It's um, well, shoddy. it was it's, back on Galarian. Duck case. Excuse me, what? Our our engineering is excellent. Well, well, I mean, from what I, I understand, I believe Hiroji is assuming no, facts, not in evidence. No, no, they can't I, hurt it any more than what they've done. It's spit and bell wire. That's for friend. Yeah. On the other hand, the one guy's spacesuit was like had all sorts of like patches and stuff. Yeah, it has band aids on it, and it has like yeah. um, uh, uh, duct tape. Yeah, over that's, that's right. Hair savvy. Work. That's what we need. That's no. perfect. Right. That's inferior quality. But oh. well, if you want to well, do that, hey, it's up to you. It's Tuttle's oh, call. I, uh, by we the... could imbue it with all of the power of Trio, turning it into a robotic priest. <laughs> See, there you go. I want Here. that. Nice. <laughs> There's part of me that's deeply intrigued by the <laughs> Take a drink. Take a drink. There's also Come an on. element of he can't get any more broken than he already is right yeah. now. So I that still have an AI on my data pad. So, I mean, I... <sighs> Look, if they rebuild them and you don't like them, you can just make version four. What's the worst they can do? Put some racing stripes on him? Some, uh, I'm I what is he going to do? Turn on us and on try him. and kill us all? I'm Please. I'm prepared for that. I'm sure wow. they're going to put in some awesome goblin technology that only you can talk about. You can bring them back and be the envy of the university with your half- what half um Yosoki, half goblin drone See, now you're appealing to Chudder's now you're appealing to Tuttle's vanity yeah you actually a called to, him a chance to like publish a paper about this <laughs> do, do you actually need anything on this ship oh all no. of it of course no no yeah. we're ready to go actually we're ready uh, to actually to I wanted exit. to ask I'm sorry I didn't get your names little uh, little goblin friends I'm Zerk I'm Torsa Torsa, Zerk and Torsa. Zerk. that's great and I can't remember how did you find out about this ship I think you were telling us Oh, oh! Uh, we heard all sorts of people down by the rim talking about it. Then they started flying off in their starships, and then we we grabbed on. Um, did you know that you can make a jetpack out of wire and tongs and lasers and fireballs? I did because we did. The more you know. I'm not there a scientist, go. but that sounds Those are logical. Some solid scientific principles. There. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Mo's backing away. Always backing away. Because if you don't need this ship, then we can start turning this engine into a chainsaw. Put it on cheddar. Mm, we we can't allow that that because we need this ship to not mess up with our meteorite that's like in orbit. So yeah, I, I appreciate Jason. The Jason, you heard the word chainsaw. I know you have an affinity for chainsaws, and I didn't tell John that ahead of time. It sounds like a very good, very good plan. You know what? Uh... Actually, if he makes it out of the engine, nuclear chainsaw. All right. Mm, yeah. Microserrated uranium. How could it go wrong? 
you know, this is all a part of the of the vast array of knowledge out in the universe. It's a chance to exchange knowledge and grow my boundaries. Um, <laughs> if they could help with cheddar, what the heck? Let's see what happens. Wow, I never thought they'd talk you into it. All, all right, cool. Who is really it. backing away? He's going into uh, his little sulky uh, hidey hole. I can here. always rebuild him. I still have. I have the source code. Well, it is it is said that Triune, when he, when she, it, and he first became sentient, found each other, and it was only by combining all of their powers together, all technologies, goblin and rat person and racist human, that they were able to make a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. include racist human because that is rusty. Yeah. That's all rusty. I, I think we can leave the racist human out of this particular That's equation. So uh, formula for success. Replace, him, replace him with some barbecued Lashunta instead. He's racist against uh, different species. Yeah. species. I don't understand this reputation I seem to have. <laughs> well, eh, Sorry, I'm just going off of what they told me. Yeah, well, don't pay attention to them. But if you can improve our little friend Cheddar, I think that's a wonderful idea. Yeah, let's see uh, some magic. Okay, okay. I mean, they will start tearing apart pieces of for finding scraps. Yeah, I mean, in in reality, you guys, it's going to take twenty four hours to uh, rebuild Cheddar. You guys are all diseased anyhow, so you probably want to spend a little time recuperating. Time on this ship, dealing yeah. With yeah. Hey, look, we have sleeping quarters. We have the ship under control. Yeah, we I actually everything. don't see a bad time with that. I will yeah. stand guard of the uh, nasty little. Uh, uh, gremlins. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, we. you know what? There's one other hanging thread is the the crate. We haven't opened up the crate. No, the crate. we, we, don't, wanna, we oh, don't want to open that crate. What? No, don't you want to know what's inside? Oh. Nope, I don't. I, I'm with nope. you, as you know, Mo. I mean, I, I think we should it. check it. Just I'm against sure. that. It against I our believe direction. the vote was two to two. I think I think Hiroji and I were against yeah. opening well, the I was swinging towards the other way, but I'm actually towards your way. I don't want to open it. I think it's... Oh, uh, that's good stuff in there. Oh. You know, Meta game. I accept that a two to two vote means go with what the quest giver told us. I mean, that's it means we did not vote to override the quest, so to speak. I agree with that. But don't the goblins get a vote? No. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's a great two point. New members. There two you go. That's two more votes. They did Although, not make any contract with the. Did with not the liberate guy. the crate. They're not on the same quest. They're in the party, but they don't have the quest, and we don't have quest sharing. Right. So. Are are we, so... are, is, there, is there a crate full of things? We like things. No, no, it's our crate. Don't worry about that. It's not even our crate. It's somebody else's crate. That's the problem. You're going to tell the goblins that it's up for grabs? Really, Mo? That's your no, psychology? it's not up for grabs. It's somebody out. else's crate. Okay. It's our crate. Oh. Yeah. Oh. However, by the way, you guys are being really bigoted towards these goblins. I'm open-minded towards other species. Oh, I can't believe you said that about them. Oh my gosh, Rusty, jeez. What? So species. They're so nice. I like the goblins. So speciesist. So meanwhile, the goblins start taking scraps and finding pieces. By for, the way, for the goblins. Record, for the record, I am going to supervise their work. I, <laughs> goblins, you do see your dead friend about 30 feet to the west. And he is quite dead. It looks like he was torn apart by the dogs. And you notice bits and pieces of his gear 
is in the tracks of Cheddar, and he was run over several times by Cheddar. FYI. It is a sign. We should incorporate them. We shall make Murgo Ra live again in Cheddar. Oh, that's an can't, interesting idea. Can't argue with the sign. Zombie robot. Yep, that works. We like where where this is going, right, Tuttle? <laughs> oh, I'm so <laughs> nervous about this, but sure, let's get let's roll those dice. It will be just as Murgo wanted. Chainsaw wings. <laughs> Chainsaw Goblin. wings. Oh, I will inform you that goblins are not great in their they're great in talk, but not in great in execution. Yeah, I'm, I think we're all just interested in what's going to come out yeah. of this. I, I mean, set it, taking off the the game hat for a second, I'm just fascinated to see where this might go. <laughs> yeah. So, how about this? How about why don't we stop here, and then next week we'll find out what monstrosity the goblins create out of. Oh. What a cliffhanger. I know, that's a cliffhanger. (laughs) That's a cliffhanger. Cheddar. Oh, not Cheddar. Cheddar Cheddar version 3. I'm not letting the surgery on me. More like Cheddar 2.5. Yes, I don't even know what version this is going to (laughs) be. I want the next step prepared that I'm going to have to tear them down and build them up again. You you might. You might. But why don't we uh, pause it there, and then we'll have John join us next week, and we'll find out what happens, too. Because I I don't even know what's going to happen. None of us do. This is. I want the first words next week to be, it is alive. (laughs) Mergle is alive. Cheddar Mergle. Yeah. Oh. So as I said before, this was totally unplanned. The idea of actually making Cheddar into some goblin half-breed monstrosity was just on the fly. And I have to tell you, John wrote a custom Cheddar. That's right. Cheddar Mark III, which is going to be unveiled next week. And this thing is nuts. It is multiple pages long. It has multiple tables of insanity and craziness that can happen. I even have some new artwork just for this version of Cheddar. So so with that, I wanted to talk a little bit about choice. And you've probably heard a big expression that has been going on in the D&D world is always say yes. And I never really bought into that, into the always say yes, until recently. The last couple of years, I've actually bought into it more. And here's a perfect example of saying yes. Did I know how this was going to turn out? Did I know that these goblins were going to just turn Cheddar into some crazy monstrosity and we're going to literally have to write new rules in Starfinder to handle this? No, I had no idea. But you know what? What the heck? It's my game and John was nice enough to actually help rewrite Cheddar into a new version with new rules. So yeah, I'll say yes and we'll see what happens. And is Cheddar going to be a little game-breaky and a little bizarre? Maybe. He might be. But it's so damn cool. Who cares? This is an example of saying yes and what craziness can happen. And I have to say, over the last few years, I have been one to say yes. And this really has to do more with GMs than PCs. But I would even have PCs argue with their GMs that to say yes more often than no because it can go in really awesome directions and you can get results that no one expected. And this is about as perfect of an example as one could get. So again, just my quick note this week, say yes. Next up are contests. We have lots of contests. 
First thing I'm going to do is give the results of the tagline contest. We had people come up with new taglines. Those are the closing taglines at the very end of the show. If you noticed, every single show has a different tagline and we're kind of running out. So I need to record some new ones at a contest for people to submit some. And I have some winners. I have Sassin Sassin, who is one. I have Ronman from Discord. And of course, Rob Tiramarco, who gave us some awesome taglines. So all three of you guys won. You're going to hear your taglines in the future. And all of you won free t-shirts. So just contact me. Give me your search size, your address, and who you want on the shirt. And I will be sending those off to you right away. As for the Skittermander contest, I'm still deciding on the name. Maybe we'll do that next week since we're actually giving out a Skittermander on the show. Or two or three or however many Paizo decides to give out. So with that, I'm going to continuously go through all the names. And we'll pick at least one next week. Plus I want the other guys input as well. And then finally, we have a new contest where all you need to do is review the show on iTunes or Stitcher or Facebook, and then email us at contact at rollforcombat.com. Give us the, your name, give us the name of the review that you put it under and the platform. That's it. That's all you need to do. And I will pick out random names. And if I pick out your name, you get a $100 Amazon gift card. Once again, if you've already entered in the past, you do not need to re-enter. So people have been asking about that. So with this week, the winner is Bigfoot DM. You put in a great review on iTunes and you have won. So just contact me. And then finally, someone wrote me. He said, hello, me and my family are huge fans of your podcast. We love it. We never miss one. We're just wondering if you can get a mention of your podcast from Lee Beat and the Beat family listening from Bringham, UK. And he sent me a picture of like 14 people. I don't know if really all 14 of you guys listen to Roll for Combat. If you do, that's really awesome. I don't know how many you really... That's crazy if all 14 of you are just sitting around listening to these shenanigans in the UK. Um, cool. If you are, like, send a video or something. I'd love to see that. And with that, we're going to wrap up this week's show. Don't forget, next week, you get to see Cheddar Mark Three who's going to be filled with goblin monstrosities. You're going to hear John continuing his craziness as the goblins. And then you'll find out what finally happens to Rusty and Mo, And if they turn into something strange and horrible because of the void death disease, or they just end up living but horribly scarred. Find out next week on Roll for Combat. See ya. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com or drop us a line at contact at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, 
Always remember, if the GM asks, are you sure, you're already dead. So Starfinder Society has uh, different things called promotional boons, which are oftentimes different uh, race boons or ways that you can access something other than the core races in the Starfinder core rulebook. Um, so Alien Archive came out. It had about 20 new player races. Uh, we are sending a lot of those out to our conventions for GMs to uh, get whenever they run games for us at those conventions. We also have a set that you can unlock just by playing Starfinder games. Uh, and then one of the ones that we held in reserve is for promotional events like this, where uh, any members of the organized play team go on to uh, fun shows like Roll for Combat. And so the one that we do for this one is we give away Skittermanders. Uh, so the way that this works, especially for a pre-recorded show like this, is that we want you to organize or to sorry to email organizedplay at paizo.com and go ahead and put in the title of the email skittermander promotion and in the body of the email make sure that you include a special code phrase what do we want that to be probably should be hiroji with the proper spelling yeah no one knows <laughs> how to spell that that's crazy h-i-r-o-g-i it could be uh, Goblin Cheddar. Or the people don't know how to spell Cheddar, though, because it's uh, spelled weird. Yeah, it's we, we could do uh, Med Patch. That was the real VIP. That was that true. Med Patch. Yep. Sure. Is it Patch okay, or yes. Pack? Uh, patch. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead and uh, send in Med Patch in that email body. And uh, basically, what we'll do is we will keep that open and we'll collect those emails for. Uh, probably about four weeks after this show comes out, give or take. And then we will hold some drawings and then we will send those boons out to you. So uh, really hope that you uh, both have a chance to gain a Skittermander of your own, but also that you use this as a good opportunity to listen to Roll for Combat and hopefully follow this uh, podcast more often. Awesome. This, Thank you. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks uh, th Thanks to everyone at the, at the company for uh, helping us out here. This is kind of cool. Oh, it's great. It's outstanding.